Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. The next covenant that we're looking at that was fulfilled for us through Jesus is the Noahic covenant. Now remember that when the Noahic covenant was given, it was kind of a reboot in some aspects of the original Adamic covenant. So it says to be fruitful and multiply to go out into all of the world. This was part of the sin of the Tower of Babel was that they were in rebellion to this commandment. They were trying to build a civilization where they wanted it in this pleasant land and building a tower to get themselves up above the possibility of another flood because they knew they were in rebellion. They were putting them Themselves in the place of God. This is actually the first manifestation of the Antichrist spirit creating the first global government to control the people and cause them to worship him, the one who was standing in the place of God. The same description we get for the Antichrist in the last days who will come to do the same thing in many of the same ways, which will then invoke the wrath of God again upon the children of disobedience. But Jesus, when he came, he empowered us, and at the Great Commission, he tells his followers to go forth again into all of the earth. Don't just stay in Jerusalem. He did tell them to wait for a moment until they received power from on high, but once that they did, they were to bring everything that he had taught them, this seed that he had planted within them, out into the uttermost parts of the world. So again, spiritually, God gives us the ability to fulfill the terms and the ordinances of the covenant. This is how he gets us back on track and into obedience with God's original purpose for us. But it didn't come easy. It came at a high cost. Because remember that wrath comes because of disobedience. The ordinances of the Noahic covenant was that God would not destroy the world by flood again. But there were still ordinances against violence, selfishness. Misusing the creatures of God's creation, perversion, wickedness, not being obedient to the original commissions. Therefore, when men break the ordinances of this everlasting covenant, the disobedience does bring back that wrath against the wicked. Scripture is very clear on that. But he will not pour wrath upon the righteous. This is why we see that in the time of Noah, it was immediately after the death of Noah's grandfather, one of the last righteous men left outside of Noah and his family, that the wrath begins to pour out. Because as long as there are righteous men in the earth, they act as salt. They preserve it. But when it gets to a certain ratio where there's not enough left to justify saving the land, then God saves the righteous out of it. So that when that time came, he did save Noah and his family. But he had to deal with the rest of humanity. This is a principle that we see laid out even in the time of Abraham that God did tell Abraham that he would not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah if there were 50 righteous men in it, 30 righteous men, 20 righteous men, 10 righteous men, but he didn't go any lower than 10 righteous men. If there are righteous people in a land, then it will protect and preserve the land from judgment. But if it gets down to a small enough ratio, then what he'll do is he'll take the righteous out of it. He took Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah and then he dealt with it. He did the same thing with Noah and his family. So then we fast forward to the time of Jesus and we read all through the scriptures leading up to it about all these great and mighty and righteous men. 
Abraham, Job, Elijah, all of these great patriarchs of scripture. We read scriptures that say that I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. We're told that the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man, they avail much. That his ears are always attentive unto the righteous. He's talking about the righteous, the righteous, the righteous. But we get to the time of Jesus and it says that there are no righteous, no, not one. What happened? Is there a contradiction? No. The Bible says very clearly what happened. It says that all had gone astray like sheep. They strayed away from what God had to say. They weren't keeping covenant with him. They weren't trusting him. They had no more faith in his instruction. They were disobedient. And so what does that do? It brings judgment. And so that we see very clearly through scripture that we're told that at the time that Jesus comes, the wrath of God was at a point at which it was to be poured out again. In fact, the apostle Paul tells us that had Jesus not come and did what he did, then we would have all been like Sodom and Gomorrah. In the book of Malachi, we are warned that before that day of wrath come, he would send the prophet Elijah to turn the hearts of the children back to the father, lest the whole earth be struck with the curse. And then Jesus later tells us that that prophecy was fulfilled in John the Baptist, that he had the spirit of Elijah, that one in the wilderness, crying, repent. Make your crooked way straight. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, it says that the Son from heaven, which is Jesus, whom God raised from the dead, came and delivered us from the wrath. You see, at Passover, every year there was a ritual done where they drank from these five cups. The first four were promises of God, blessing and protection and provision. But there's another cup at the end of it. There was a cup of judgment for those who were disobedient to it. This cup is no longer drank at the Passover. They say that they'll just wait until Elijah comes to tell them what to do about this judgment. But they miss the fact that John the Baptist came in his spirit. So at the Last Supper, which was a Passover supper, they drank from these cups. This was the cups that Jesus shared with his disciples, with the church, with us. But then after supper, he goes out into the garden where he's handed the last one. It was in the garden when he cried out, Oh, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, the cup of judgment, the cup of wrath. But on our behalf, he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he drank it, all of it. He was the only righteous one left, and he died for our sins. But before he did, he married us and brought us in to the blessing and provision and promises of the new covenant. And made a way for us to receive of his righteousness. And in doing this did he spread salt all over the earth again. And stayed the judgment. But my friend this judgment is still coming in the end. In the final day. That old antichrist spirit will rise up again. In the same way that it did in the beginning. And it will bring this wickedness back into the land. And disobedience to the teachings of Jesus. And it will even begin to hunt and to kill the Christians and remove the saltiness that is preserving the land. And when we get down to a certain point where God has to step in, he will gather his elect from the four winds of the earth, the last few Christians that are left, just like in the days of Noah. And the door will be shut and the wrath will be poured out again. But God will keep his part in this promise. It won't be by a flood this time. It'll be by fire. The whole earth will be like Sodom and Gomorrah. 
In First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, The Son from heaven, who was raised from the dead, which is Jesus, delivered us from the wrath that is to come. Because you see, my friend, if you are in covenant with him, then he already fulfilled the terms of this. Jesus fulfilled even the judgment of the Noahic covenant. But not everyone will escape it. Only those who were hidden in Christ, only those who remained in him, who abided, who believed his teachings, his words, and followed his leading. Those who broke covenant with the world system and the Antichrist spirit and came into covenant with him. Those who are married to Jesus will escape the coming judgment. But those who try to hold on to anything other than him will partake of this fifth cup. So coming to understand this, we can see very clearly that the way that you stop judgment is not with a politician, it's with evangelism. It's not with protest and pickets. It's with praise and declaring the words of Jesus. It's by spreading that salt, that righteousness in the earth that the time is stayed and the land is preserved. Because the Bible is very clear that it is because of unrighteousness that the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience and that he has not appointed wrath unto the righteous. So if we believe what Jesus came to teach us, then we will repeat it. We will bear those peaceable fruits of righteousness and reproduce the kingdom and so stay the judgment a little longer. Just like Jesus, he left us to be his temple in the earth, a place of his indwelling presence, that we might continue his mission until his returning. That, my dear saint, is your purpose. So today, God, we ask you for the grace to be able to walk in this to the fullest. We know that it's not easy that as the days grow darker, it will become all the harder, but the darker the night, the brighter the light. Man's darkest hour is God's hour of power. We walk by faith and not by sight. So today we praise you for the mighty exploits that are coming to the remnants, to those who believe the teachings of Jesus, not those who just say that they are of the household of faith, but those who actually carry his name without disgracing it or bringing shame and reproach upon it by walking in opposition to the things he came and sacrificed to teach us. As a people who choose to believe the scriptures, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that we were not worthy to be saved, to be redeemed, that really the wrath of God should have fallen upon the world 2,000 years ago, but Jesus was willing to come and take that wrath for us and give us his righteousness that in an instant that divine transfer stopped the judgment and then his disciples went out into all of the earth to spread that righteousness but paul left us with a warning he said that when a falling away comes one day then you will see that man of perdition revealed again that spirit of antichrist that same spirit that nailed jesus to the cross that day you see what the devil didn't understand was that by destroying the only righteous man, he should have ensured judgment. But he didn't know God's plan, that in the process, he had caused his bride to inherit his righteousness when he died. 
and not just that only, but his authority, his power, and his might, the very favor of God. You see, that spirit of Antichrist from the beginning has been moving against those who are in right standing to the will and word of God. And in the end, he will do the same thing again. He will come against the righteous, according to scripture, to destroy them from out of the land. And in doing so, he will bring the wrath of God upon himself and the children of disobedience that follow him again. But Jesus, you made a way. You paid the price for us. You took the judgment on our behalf that we might be redeemed unto yourself before that day come. That even as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we might walk with you in the midst of fire and not be burned. Lord, we speak it forth in faith because it is in our heart and we believe it today. It is our profession. We call upon the name of Jesus. Cleanse us with your blood. Atone for us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and use us. Bring forth much fruitfulness in us. Send us out into all of the earth that we might help to reproduce your righteousness and maybe bring one more into the kingdom while there is yet time. Lord, we seek you for the grace to do this because, Lord, we understand that evangelism is the only thing that can turn the tide of wrath upon the earth. So we have to be willing to keep speaking forth the love, the forgiveness that is the embodiment of the message of Jesus, but also not forsaking the righteousness and the warning of judgment for those who forsake the great mercy of it. We can't stand in opposition to God's holy ordinances and expect to be found under the wing of his protection in the day of final judgment that is fast approaching us. Forgive us, Jesus, for our lack of faithfulness for pride and for arrogance, for rebellion and disobedience. We acknowledge the sinfulness of our own heart. Anything that we did that is in opposition to your will, O Lord, we confess it as sin and repent of it. We choose to walk in it no more. And we ask you for the power of your Holy Spirit to equip us to do this, that we might escape the final judgment. Because God did not just come to save us from hell. He came to save us from the sin that sends us to hell. My friend, this is not something that will cause you to be changed miraculously somehow after you are dead and gone. No, my friend, the way you die when you leave this life is the way you arrive. When you stand before God to be judged in the eternal one, you make your decision now. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Jesus never said, come and be saved from hell. He said, come and be changed like this little child. Come and be born again, be made a new creation where old things are passed away and all things become new in you right now, today. He said, come and be converted. You can't leave the same way that you came in and think that you have been touched by the majesty of heaven. My friend, get on your knees right now and cry out to him while he is still offering the way of escape because just like in the day of Noah, the Bible says, so will it be in the end at the time of the returning of the Son of Man. And do you know what happened in the time of Noah? The door was shut and no one else was able to get in. And there was weeping and crying and gnashing of teeth when they realized that all of these things that this righteous man Noah had been preaching was true. But it was too late for them to partake of it. The Bible says that when the sign of the Son of Man is seen coming in the heavens, that the sinful people 
who stood against his children will weep and wail once again, that they will mourn and throw dust and ash upon their heads. What a fearful state to be in on that day to know that the door has been shut and it's too late. Today is the day of salvation, my friend. Now is the appointed time. Harden not your heart as they did in the day of provocation in the wilderness to provoke God's wrath against the children of disobedience. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.